welcome back to Season 5 of the Lighting Your Way podcast. My name is Betty Long, and I am your host during these conversations. I do hope that you enjoy them, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. I have known Mary Ellen Murphy for 23 years as a nursing colleague and friend, and for the last five years, she's been a member of the Guardian Nurses team. Mary Ellen, also known as Murph, is retiring on May 26th after 44 years taking care of everyone else, also known as being a nurse. I wanted to have her as a guest for this episode. She has had a wonderful career and we will all miss her very much, but we are happy for her to finally enjoy some time off. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Murph. Mary Ellen Murphy, uh, it is my honor to welcome you to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Well, thank you, Betty. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for asking me. What a treat. Well, <laughs> you have been a guest before. It's not that you're not yeah. uh, not familiar with the podcast, but this is a podcast that's going to be all about you. Because... Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm not sure we're going to have enough time, but you have announced your retirement from nursing, from full-time nursing, I should say. Correct. After 44 Correct. years? Yeah, 44 years. Boy, you know, like, it's really amazing to me how much has changed and how much I have seen and experienced. And most of all, all the people that I have met. Yeah. And from colleagues to patients, uh, yeah. every family um, just have been, they hold a special spot in my heart. So um, it, it really has been a tremendous, rewarding journey. Uh, well, you and, must um, have a, you yeah. must have a big heart, Murph, because <laughs> you've had a lot of patients and, and friends and colleagues in 44 years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so what, but you know, you don't know. Like you're walking, you you're, you're somewhere, and someone comes up to you and say, "Say, I remember you," and you know, and and you're just amazed by that because you know you have you don't realize it at the time, but you do impact on people's lives. Oh, absolutely. And that's, absolutely. that's very rewarding. Very rewarding at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so forty four years ago, where are you? Yeah. 44 years ago, I am graduating from Gwynedd Mercy with uh -huh. probably about a uh, hundred and some odd nurses, if that. <laughs> and I went to a little hospital in Norristown called Sacred Heart Hospital. Okay. And I worked the telemetry, and then I also had a cover for pediatrics wow. when they went to dinner at night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least they got 11. a dinner. Don't ever say you don't they get a got break. A right. Well, we all. What was very interesting about those times is, you know, you fed your patients. No one was given a choice as far as what they wanted to eat. There were no menus back then, so it would be what what the cook was cooking in the kitchen, oh, and you got that no matter if you were ordered a soft diet, pureed diet. Meatloaf is a whole different beast after it's come out of the blender <laughs> and once 
you realize that you have now fed all your patients all their variations of meatloaf, then you go down to the kitchen and that's what they were serving the nurses too. So oh, I was geez. really skinny back then. Oh. I didn't eat it. <laughs> wow. We wow. Just, we just couldn't do it. Oh, that, yeah, and those be... were the days of the patient for smoking in the bed and the oxygen. And, <laughs> yeah, it was like, we've really come full circle, haven't we? <laughs> I remember when the, when the nurses, were, when I started working, the nurses were smoking at the station. Which oh, I, smoking at the station. Yeah, Doctors I, putting their cigarettes out uh, at the door on the floor, God, like, yeah. you know, putting it under their shoe at the door of the patient's room. Yeah, God. I remember. Well, yeah, some things some things have changed for the better, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you started yeah. in Telly, and then at Sacred Heart. But you know, this is you've had a long career, and I, I mean, I met you twenty years ago, and you were at Montgomery yeah. Hospital, right? So, but right, you you also right. had a stint so, down in Philly, right downtown. Yeah, somewhere? yeah. I went from um, Sacred Heart, and then I went to Suburban because. Obviously, my friends were having more fun at Suburban than I was at Sacred Heart, and they were making a few cents more. So I went down the street, and I had a better time for quite a number of years. But, yeah, I did work Mount Sinai in South Philadelphia. I've worked Fox Chase. I have um, – I've been all – I've been all over, and, like, good good experiences, good quality experiences. I have learned so much. And it's almost like at times I think I feel like Forrest Gump because I happen to walk in on these like remarkable situations. You know, my, uh, you know, my first patient with AIDS and, uh, and what we did and how we just, when AIDS was evolving, um, I remember the day we were no masks no gowns and then all of a sudden we were all in masks and gowns and that I remember that when COVID hit Hmm. and uh, it was really a sombering time for everybody so I went through two of those things with the uh, AIDS epidemic and then the COVID situation and in home care and hospice it was kind of a you know, crazy times. So um, it was very, very good. Very, you know, uh, the experience was unbelievable. Do you remember um, how much that extra pay was? What was your starting pay? Do you remember? I knew I made like $10,000 a year annually. (laughs) And that was good. That was good. I had friends who were couldn't get jobs they graduated from college couldn't just get jobs and i was right there out of college working 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 okay and this is what what year is this tell me what year 1979 i want to say yeah 1979 yeah when i when i started in 1986 i was making 17,000 so that was i remember that as a so yeah but they had to take city wage Always thinking, always thinking. So, so Murph, how did, how did you, let's go back a little further. How did you find nursing or, or did nursing find you? Well, nursing kind of found me, um, you know, I, I wanted to be an artist (laughs) in school (laughs) and my mother said, you can't be an artist. You have to learn. You have to make money. <laughs> You're going to have to do something with your life. <laughs> so, so much I for squelching your dreams. <laughs> That's right. See, I 
she filled out the paperwork and then she sent me to Gwinnett. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was kicking and screaming, but you know what? I did embrace it. I really did embrace it. And uh it just became like my my stick so okay. to speak, you know. I I say to people I can't type. The only thing I know how to do is be a nurse. <laughs> um, but uh you know, it really really was really rewarding for me and um and uh, you know and you're a professional too so uh i kind of emulated that and um carried that thought with me all the way that you know we're professional nurses and we should conduct ourselves as professional nurses and people should treat us like professional nurses and that's just the way i roll so um it worked it worked. It was fun. Well, and did you, I know that back in 1979, a BSN was kind of unique, right? Because, I mean, I, I was, yeah. went to a diploma program, so you were kind of ahead of the curve in terms of getting a degree. Well, I, well, I had an associate's degree, and then I graduated. Um, I had an associate's degree in nursing. That's what I graduated with starting out. And then I got a BA in English because I thought that I would write nursing Mm. journals. There was a little place in Springhouse that had a little publication place. I thought I would do that. And then I realized, "Eh." you know, um, after working for a while, I said, I just, I love the additional education. I just loved the information that I would get when I would go to school. So I went back to school and I did eventually get my BSN, but it's a lifelong journey in learning because you just don't go and stop and then that's it because things are constantly evolving and changing. So you constantly have to be on that brink of knowing the next step, you know, what they're doing now. So, you know, I, 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 I just enjoyed that. It wasn't something that I could ever stop. Just continue okay. putting one foot in front of the other and gaining as much knowledge as I could on, um, for, you know, what I was doing. Did, did your mom, would, after, after you graduated as a nurse, uh, you know, years later, did you ever have a conversation with your mom? Like, thanks. Or I, hate, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did. And, you know, but she really didn't even understand what nursing was because she wasn't there. So she was just trying to get rid of you. Wanted, right. And she just wanted me to be in a respectable profession. Well, I, you know, okay, that's great. It all worked out. Right. Artist, musician, yeah. something like that. It's like you got to make some money. Right. That's, That's great. Right. Oh, That's right. So of all the of all the roles, I mean, you've had a lot uh, and I'm sure yeah. some more fond than others. But like what were some of your fonder uh, roles? What, which ones do you look back oh, on your career? You, like, you know, med surge. I want to tell you, um, you know, working in ICU and and telemetry, um, you know, which really gave me the foundation for the clinical pieces. And then uh, I got into home care, which I was able to bring my knowledge and expertise into a patient's home. And I found that I had this gift that I could talk to people. So uh, I could talk to people. You know, my friends would say, you can assess somebody on the bus, and I can, you know. So, um, you know, but 
it, it, that's what made it so much fun because it's not just seeing patients. You're really developing relationships, investing right. in relationships, as we say in the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, you know, you really do get that chance. And, you know, that's what makes it so much sweeter. Uh, so I, I did that and uh, I got into administration, wrote a lot of policies and procedures, um, passed a lot of surveys. Um, sat with many a Joint Commission surveyor, many a, a Department <laughs> of Health surveyor, and uh, took the heat for a lot of things and never let them see you sweat was my <laughs> motto. But we made it, and uh, it was all good. And then even that was learning, you know, as you're going along, because you're never going to make the same mistakes again. Hopefully. So, right. um, you know, that was good. But, you know, I know years ago when I said to you, when I'm ready to take my retirement job, I'm working for you, <laughs> Betty, at Guardian Nurses. And that right. was five years ago. So, right. um, you know, I, I really was able to really enjoy these past five years. Um, doing this. And I also did some moonlighting for you years ago. Right, right. You know, on the side. So I always right. loved it. Loved right. it. Well, I think that's, yeah, yeah, when we when we first met, it was, I guess, 20 years ago, or maybe even older, a long, little yeah. longer. But yeah. but um, your expertise in home care, right, in elder care, kind of going into a home, right. and assessing, assessing what's wrong, what needs to be done. Like, that's really a, a, a skill, right? You Because you, what yeah. I appreciate when I've been with you, is that you'll notice things in the home that just in a sweep, <laughs> it's like a sweep of the house without really bringing attention to it. Yeah. You're That's like sweeping right. the house That's with right. your eyes, but you know, well, did you notice yeah. that? It's like, Oh we, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You get, to, you get to be like that when you walk into a situation because in home health, I mean, you're looking for smoke detectors. We're looking for things right. that would, you know, cause a safety problem or a falling hazard for a patient and things. So I just got used to be able to look around and know what's going, lighting, um, right. steps that don't have a handrail, right. those kind of things. And I took some advanced certifications for that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was I was trained in, you know, looking at that and and trying to, you know, prevent patients from getting injured or any kind of harm when they were in their home as they were getting older, when they had problems with their eyes and they couldn't see and they couldn't hear. What can we do to make sure that they're as safe as possible and how can we build it so they stay in their own home? Right. You know, so it's, it's automatic for me these days. And, and yeah, I, my, the, my, my, husband, my husband won't go out with me anymore because he says, do you know them, you know, when you're talking to people and you're, you know, and you're uh, engaging with people? It's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> right. Suddenly you're, it's just, no, it's just somebody I met at the bar and suddenly, you know, their, yeah, surgical, right. their surgical history, their medical history. <laughs> They're telling and, everything. Right. And you're giving them your it's phone like number. Give me a call on Monday. Yeah, Visible RN on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one of the other things that you are really good at uh, is going into a, a, a situation where a family is thinking about uh, going and having a family member go on hospice. Um, yeah. That's been one yeah. of the, uh, the, the I, I not say the joys, but that is really your sweet spot. And I think that you handle it so well and so delicately thank you right thank that, you that thank families, you yeah that, that that's it, among all the the the, the um qualities and 
and skills and yeah. um, good things that you have, Murph, is one of the, that's, to, to have, to well, have you know, that position is pretty cool. When you think about it, this, that's the, the, one of the last decisions they're making in their lives. And they're so scared of the hospice word. You know, the, the last thing they need is Nurse Cratchit. Maybe some people don't know who Nurse Cratchit is, but coming in and saying, you're going to get this and you're going to get that, and you're like going to like it. But, um, you know, you really need to explain sometimes very clearly, very plainly with people exactly what's going to happen um, and what their decision makes and how important it is. And to recognize the fact that, you know, that they're going to die. They're going to, they're going to, but how do they want to die? And that's the only control they have, you know, is to have that discussion and to give you their, their thoughts and goals, you know, that they don't want to be in any kind of pain and they don't want discomfort and they do or they don't want their families with them or they do or they don't want this or they do or they don't want that. That's a very personal conversation to have with somebody. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a tremendous gift that they are sharing that information with me. And I really respect that. So I think that's what comes from those kind of discussions. They they understand and they realize that I'm not just in there to get a job done. I'm, I want to talk to them about it so that they understand it completely. Right. Murph, why do you think, I mean, I, I know we've talked about this offline, but why do you think so many patients go, finally decide to go on hospice and they're, they're you know, they die within a day, a week? Like, you know, this journey yeah. of, of, of terminal cancer or something else that's clearly a, a, a life-limiting diagnosis, and they can't yeah. benefit from, from all of the services that hospice does provide. Why do you think that is, in your experience? Well, I think because they're afraid of hospice. People are afraid of hospice. You know, ho- you know hospice really was around in the 80s. So I want to say it's, it's fairly new to some families unless they've experienced, experienced it. Once they've experienced it throughout their family, then they're okay. But um, I know people have said to me, I'm not there yet. And like, where is there? You right. know, then I have to say, where is there? Right. You know, we're like, don't be surprised. Would you be surprised if you were to die within the next year? You know, or would you be surprised if mom or dad were to die within the next year? Of course I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they're usually a good candidate for hospice. Okay. The people that elect hospice too late are, it's not their fault. It really isn't their fault, but the clinicians that are around them, are they talking to the patient about them or about hospice? Are they talking to them about end of life as they are going through their treatments? Are we talking about them and getting them, you know, to understand we have different levels of care here? And, um, you know, I, 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 I just, I think they wait too late to do yeah. it. The other thing is people don't realize they don't have to be a no code to be on hospice. And um, so even that is a big decision for some people to, to make, to be a no code, because they say, what does my religion tell me to do? What does my family want me to do? It's never, what do I want to do? Right. So I think that they wait 
too late for that. They don't understand that they can only, you can always discharge yourself off of hospice. Right. You know, you can say, I don't want to be on hospice anymore. And, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe some people rally. Maybe some people get better because they're getting better care or they, they feel better. Right. But certainly because of the nature of their diagnosis, they're going to go back to decline. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really an individualized thing. So, well, um, you know, I think you bring up a good point, though, about the, the fact that clinicians are not discussing it. We, we've had other conversations uh, on the podcast with Rebecca about even palliative care, you know, to bring that up as yeah. an introduction right. to someone who's been right. diagnosed with stage four cancer yeah. or some to just start the yeah. conversation. And um, sure. To, sure. to your point, you know, it doesn't have to start at hospice. It could start with palliative care and then. Once yeah. they've uh, exhausted some of the resources from palliative, they can move into hospice, which is a smooth transition, typically. Yeah, but you know, people don't under people don't understand that. And then okay. even now, the term palliative care, I'm not ready for that. So they're like using it the same as hospice. Like mm. they're you know, and a lot okay. of people are saying palliative care is hospice. It's not. It's just it's symptom control. It may be symptom control because you're riddled with pain, not because you have a uh, a cancer diagnosis, not because of anything else. You know, it was because we need some good symptom management, and that's right. where palliation comes in. Right. But um, you know, but you know, there's little stepping stones to get to, you know, before you get to hospice, and um, it, it would be nice to have people talking about it all along the journey, right. you know, it's good to stay positive. If you're fighting a, a diagnosis and you're getting good treatment for a diagnosis, but eventually, you know, eventually we're all going to die. Right. So, um, right. you know, it's, it's, it's good to know what is available to you out there and what are your rights as right. a patient out there. So, you know, it's, it's really you know, it, it, it's an avenue that I can't believe that um, more people don't understand. But I do think that people do understand quickly when they're involved. Yeah. Well, and I, listen, even as I hear you answer the questions, it, I can feel your passion about this. So I, yeah. I think um, yeah. that has really been one of the things that I've loved about you is that you really do want people to understand what it is and how it can benefit them, not necessarily, you know, limit their life yeah. or end their life. Right. What, right. What, because what, then you can make better choices. Yeah. What, what has kept yeah. you motivated all these years? Not money. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make any money in nursing, right? You know, it's like, but uh, no, it's just the joy. It's just the joy of it. It's the, it is the ability to make a difference. You know, you think that you think you're having a bad day or you think that, you know, the roof is leaking or you think that you need this or you need that and you have to have it. You go into some people's homes and it's very, very humbling, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, it, you know, they're so gracious you they welcome you in they'll offer you their last piece of bread you know it's just a it really is it's almost i I would say it's almost like a ministry i can't believe i'm actually saying this but (laughs) it is almost like that and that's what keeps me going 
you know, that when I see their faces light up, when, you know, when, when you walk in the room, they're just, you know, as sick as they might be. And there's always like a smile, you know, that comes, and they always, always thank you. I always thank them for letting me come see them, but Mm -hmm. they always thank, thank you for taking the time (laughs) out of your day to come see them. And it's just amazing to me. Right. That's That's what keeps me going. Um, that's so what, when you, when you think after now you look back on, I have to ask the question, what would you Uh kind of say to young nurses who are entering the profession? Because we've certainly seen since COVID the graduates of programs coming out are not quite ready for prime time because they haven't really experienced humans. They've been working in labs and simulators. So, you know, what would you, as a, as a, retiring 44 year nurse with, with a great successful career, like to say to them? I would say, be curious, ask questions. This isn't where you're going to work forever. You're going to be going different places, but you need to take your knowledge with you and you need to be the expert someday. So listen, pay attention very carefully and be nice, be nice to people and they will be nice to you. Kindness, right? So, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Because uh, yeah. people feel their worth and they're so sick, but they're able to give you, offer you a little smile. You did okay. That's very good. I I like to be curious because I don't think that's uh, in great supply these days. People are just uh, checking checking lists, right? Checking boxes. Yeah. Checking yeah. boxes, making sure everything's... Kids- when the kids were little, I used to say, why do they say why all the time? Why? But why? But why? And now I, I'm telling people, to ask the questions. Be curious. Ask the why. Yeah. You know, it'll be amazing, the answers that you get. It's, it'll be great. I, I remember um, I used to, of course, I think we all did that as youngsters, but I would say why a lot. My mother would eventually say, because I told you so. Okay. Got yeah. It. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think I wanted a, a better impatient. Right. I wanted a better answer than that, but okay, that sounds good because yeah. you're angry. Yeah. Um so good. Good. uh at Guardian Nurses we we um we did a little party for you last week and, and we had a oh. Oh a gosh, shirt yeah. that had your caricature on it that said and the language said be like Murph. So <laughs> I want to ask you in your view <laughs> What does it lo- yeah. what what does it mean to be like Murph? Uh it means uh just do it. It means <laughs> put one foot in the front of the other and just do it. You don't know what's going to come out on the other side sometimes, but you just do it. And you can't do anything, you can't do anything wrong, you know, if you make an attempt. And um you know, when you pick up the phone, you call somebody. When you're going to see somebody in the hospital, it's just, you're just, you know, it's no drama. You're just doing it. Um, <laughs> and you're making an appointment, you know, and you're going to ask the questions. Just like they're sitting next to you, they're your patient, and you're going to ask questions just like that was your favorite aunt that you have sitting next <laughs> right, to you. Right, right, right. Well, so um, I think that's, I think that's what you meant by it. Well, all right. Let me let me tell you what I uh, we what we thought when we we created that because <laughs> I know in years past when there have been 
uh, nurses who have been young or uh, perhaps not mm-hmm. quite connecting to the role of nurse advocate. Oftentimes the, the battle mm-hmm. cry was be like Murph because honestly of your professionalism, <laughs> right? You, you're respectful. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have a great sense of humor. You are curious. You're mm-hmm. always focused on the patient, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's been yeah. evident in our conversation. You're always, you always look good. Right. You're always in uniform. You're yeah. always very, again, yeah. you're always very professional. And that goes back to your initial comment right, about a professional nurse, right? You're very proud yeah, of who you are true. and yeah. what you bring to the, yeah, to the, to the situation. And, yeah, and that's what, that's, what, <laughs> that's what we meant. But, then, but you but know, just do it. That's, that's another, uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you got me a t-shirt that says, I am Murph. So it has my face on the T-shirt, my face on the T-shirt with I and Murph on it. I just, I never saw anything like it in well, my life. Well, <laughs> it just made me laugh. <laughs> it should be a very empowering T-shirt. And if you, if you ever oh, need, yeah. you know, the 30 of us to come out with the Be Like Murph T-shirt and we can do some sort of, uh, you know, presentation. <laughs> I can't wait to see them on the beach. <laughs> maybe we can have a banner that this year that just says be like murph oh there you go it'll yeah be fly a, it over it'll that be, would be a, wonderful or we could get uh gwyned mercy uh university to to have their graduating class you know be like you could do the commencement speech oh, be like murph i think there it could take off i think it could take i think this is be. an opportunity so Do we have so, to make buttons and then we take money. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what what um what are your plans? Tell us what your plans are for your for your retirement. Um, my plans are to I'm gonna continue I'm gonna be an independent contractor with Guardian Nurses and hopefully be able to help a few more people along my journey. Um my nephew is starting a dental practice in Doylestown and has kindly offered and asked me if I would help him. So I might do that <laughs> for a little bit. And uh, I'm going to enjoy it. a very restful, peaceful summer okay. and figure out what all you people do out there when you're not working. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to try lot. to go to flea markets and try right. to get the early sales. I heard that there's sales on certain days for people. They <laughs> give them 10% off. I'm going to try to find those. (laughs) And I'm going to talk to those people, too. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah, So any travel plans? I'm going to take a house in Florida for three months in the winter, next winter, which which will be fun. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've got a couple – Trips, but not in the in the books yet. But okay. a little bucket list things that I need to do, and uh, yeah. But I'm I'm smiling more these days because I'm really getting into realizing that it's coming. So um, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. Yes, and I I do hope that you have lots of good health to enjoy that retirement because as you have certainly seen over your forty four years, it it can. Oof. Right. It it can be uh, side railed or derailed, excuse me, derailed pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get out while they're getting out good <laughs> <laughs> while, while I can on my own two feet. 
That's great. Well, listen, uh, Murph, I, you know, I, I, I think the world of you and I am grateful for all that Thank you. you've taught me Thank over the years. Uh, and um, oh, I really wish, I appreciate that. wish you a lot of good things in the next couple of years. Right. And I know that as we joked so many years ago, the nurses don't retire. Yeah. They just go per diem. And, that's uh, right, they do. That is, and <laughs> so that's true. You're going to keep staying around as an independent contractor. Yeah. So if we can grab you for yeah. a couple cases, that'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Thank yes. you very much. As always. All right, love. Take care. And uh, thanks again All for right. spending time. All right, babe. Keep up the good work. I'm proud uh, of you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. See you. Bye-bye. If you have any questions that you would like us to address in a future episode, please email us at podcast at guardiannurses.com. That email again is podcast at guardiannurses.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.